what up, yo? It's Mark Shannon with the Fantasy Knockout Fantasy Football Show. Today is Saturday, November 7th, episode number 133. We're on Twitter at Fantasy Knockout. We're also on Instagram.com slash fantasy underscore knockout. I'm excited for today's show. It's the start sit for week nine. Who are we feeling confident about this week? Who are we worried about? announcements the hashtag knockout giveaway we have until december 6th to get in all your entries for the signed Devonte adams jersey are you guys looking for accurate rankings uh week eight we were 44th not so bad uh for the season to date sitting currently at a 77th so it's slowly improving if you guys got a question for the show or want to check out the rankings head on over to the website fantasyknockout.com for all your fantasy football needs Thursday night recap. So the Packers and the Niners. And it was just as one would expect with the starting fantasy options out on COVID or just flat out injured for the Niners. Uh, Green Bay dominated the game. They came out on the first drive and Rodgers hits Adams for a 36-yard touchdown. Uh, Then he gets like two more touchdowns, you know, one more to, to tight end Mercedes Lewis and another one to, you know, bomb to MVS. Uh, so that was all right before the half, making the score 21 to three. Green Bay gets another touchdown to make it 28 to three, and the game's basically over. And San Francisco manages to get some garbage time touchdowns late in the fourth quarter, making the final score 34 to 17. Green Bay win. So some player stats real quick. Aaron Rodgers had a solid game: 305 yards, four touchdowns, seven rushing yards for 28.9 points. Aaron Jones, he ended up playing. He had a good game, 58 yards, uh, five receptions for 21 yards for 10.4 points. Devontae Adams had a monster game, 10 receptions, 173 yards, and a touchdown for 28.3 points. MBS had a solid game, too. Only two receptions for 53 yards, two touchdowns uh, for 18.3 points. Then on the other side, uh, Nick Mullins, not so much. Uh, 291 yards, a touchdown, and a fumble for 12.64 points. McKinnon did okay. Uh, 52 yards, touchdown, three receptions for 16 yards for 14.3 points. And then the the fantasy darling for the Niners was Richie James. Nine receptions, 184 yards, one touchdown for 28.9 points. Let's talk some news. News with views. Don't have much today other than wide receiver Golden Tate out of the Giants. His head coach, Joe Judd, said it's possible Tate will not play this Sunday as part of uh, the discipline from his incidents over the past week. I guess apparently he liked some tweets that were critical of the Giants. So he's going to get benched for that. Hmm. Interesting. In and out. All right, let's talk about some players that were questionable right now with some injuries. And I'm going to give you my take on whether I think they will be in for the week or if they're out and whether you should just, you know, not worry about them. So, started off some running backs. Ezekiel Elliott out of Dallas. He's got a hamstring injury. He's a game-time decision. I think he's in and you can play him this week. Uh, Chris Carson out of Seattle with a foot injury. He is out. Carlos Hyde, the backup there in Seattle. He's got a hamstring injury. He is out. Uh, Philip Lindsay out of Denver. He's got a toe injury. He's in. You can flex him. 
Kenyon Drake out of Arizona. He's got an ankle injury. He is out, so start Chase Edmonds. We'll talk about him later on. Now, Matt Breeder out of Miami. He's got a hamstring injury. He is out. Mark Ingram out of Baltimore. He's got an ankle injury. He is out. Devontae Freeman with the Giants. He's got an ankle injury. He's out as well. And then Christian McCaffrey out of Carolina. He's got the ankle injury. He is in. You can start McCaffrey this week. Uh, some wideouts. Chris Godwin out of Tampa Bay. He's got the finger injury. He's a game-time decision. I think he plays. Uh, Calvin Ridley as well. Uh, he's out of Atlanta with a foot injury. He's game-time decision. Uh, he is in. You can play him. Michael Thomas from New Orleans. He's got the hamstring injury. He's been gone for how many weeks now? He's going to be in. You can start him. Uh, T.Y. Hilton out of Indianapolis. He's got a groin injury. He is out. And then Michael Pittman out of Indy. He's going to return from IR, so he's in. And you could play him as uh, uh, if you really are desperate. Uh, tight ends, Logan Thomas out of Washington. He's got the ankle injury. He is in. Uh, you could, you know, I don't like it, the matchup all that much, but you could play him if you're in a pinch. Mo Alley Cox out of Indianapolis. Knee injury. He is out. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. Main event. All right. So some start sit players to put in your flex, but first, bye week. Philly. Cincinnati, the Rams, and the Browns. They're all on by. Get those players out of your lineups. You don't want to screw up and leave them in your lineup. All right, so so quarterbacks to start this week. I'm going to kick it off with Thomas Brady. So Antonio Brown is expected to play for the Bucks, And it's weird to think of that, you know, about that. The idea of Brady, Gronk, and Antonio Brown playing on the same team, it's not strange. But the fact is... It is with the Buccaneers, given it's like an ultimate Madden team kind of a feeling. Uh, Brady made his Buccaneers debut in week one against the Saints, and Brady was pretty good as he threw for 239 yards on a pair of touchdowns. He even scored a rushing touchdown, which to me was kind of like a statement to all the doubters out there. Uh, Brady did have two interceptions that first time around, but has played much cleaner since that time. I know he wasn't amazing against the Giants, but, I mean, would would you have wanted to be out there? My other guy is Matt Ryan of the Falcons. In six games, he has had a healthy Julio James. Ryan is averaging 333 passing yards and 22.5 fantasy points. The two games without Jones were among his, were among his four against defenses in the top 12 of fantasy points seeded to the quarterbacks. The Broncos have permitted the 10th most, while Ryan has Jones back. All eyes are now on the other star receiver. The 2016 MVP could round out the week's top 10 quarterback play if he also has Calvin Ridley at his disposal. If a foot injury keeps Ridley sidelined, Ryan is still he's still a low-end quarterback one territory in a favorable matchup. Uh, quarterbacks to sit, we're going to go Big Ben Roethlisberger. Even in a seemingly spectacular matchup, Roethlisberger doesn't inspire much confidence, averaging just 232.6 passing yards per game. He's yet to finish a single week higher than quarterback 11. Despite moving the ball efficiently for the undefeated Steelers, he's not taking the deep shots necessary for fantasy stardom. And the Cowboys now rank 8th against the pass and 17th in fantasy points allowed to opposing quarterbacks. Expect a busy day for James Conner and another 15-20 to fantasy points from Big Ben. 
He's a playable floor option, but not a must start on the road. My other quarterback to, uh, he- that I'm hesitant about is Cam Newton. Newton coughed up the game-clinching fumble in a tough Week 8 loss to the Patriots. Or for the Patriots. But he's satisfied fantasy backers with 54 rushing yards and a score. Newton has attempted just 60 throws in three games since returning from the COVID list. Uh, accumulating a Pruchid 429 yards through the air with five interceptions. He's only eclipsed 175 passing yards while plastering 397 on Seattle's NFL worst aerial defense. You're going to be let down without a rushing touchdown. And even then, you're likely just hoping he replicates last week's quarterback 12 finish. The Jets could certainly cure his woes, but New England is more likely to grind out an ugly 16-6 victory than decimate them with passing fireworks like a Pat Mahomes. All right, some running backs that I like this week. We're going to start it off with David Montgomery of the Bears. So last Sunday's 89 rushing yards marked a season high for the second year back. So his managers have often been left wanting more. I know I have. Montgomery is averaging 14.8 carries and 4.2 catches per game. He's received at least five targets in each of those contests. Further elevating his floor despite depositing just two touchdowns this season. That limited end zone production could soon change. He's handled 14 red zone carries over Chicago's last three games. The Titans, who ranked 25th in total defense prior to hosting the Bears, uh, permitted two touchdowns to Giovanni Bernard and another to Samaj P. Ryan last week. My other running back is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. So Clyde failed to reach double digits for the first time this season, and we didn't get the Lev Bell revenge game, so it was kind of double disappointing. But... I wouldn't read too much into that. The Chiefs were never truly threatened in that game against the Jets. And sometimes Pat Mahomes is just going to come out and take over a game and throw five touchdown passes. It's one of those risks of being on the Chiefs. Clyde will rebound this week against the Panthers, who have allowed the fourth most fantasy points to running backs this year, which is 23.1. And they are second in the league with nine rushing touchdowns allowed. Some running backs that I'm fading this week is J.K. Dobbins. Injuries and bye weeks make running back a brutal beat this week. With Mark Ingram nursing an ankle injury in week 8, the second year back has had his best showing of the season, pounding a stellar Pittsburgh defense for 113 yards on 13 carries. In order for Lightning to strike once more, He'd once again need to produce against a top-shelf run prevention unit while splitting touches with Gus Edwards. Dobbins is a solid flex play and low-end running back too, but far from a sure thing after bookending two disappointing months with one big game. My other guy I'm fading is Jonathan Taylor. Um, It'd be one thing to trust one bell cow anyway, but the Colts embark on a three-man mixed last week. Taylor logged a season-low 34 snap rate. Wilkins, meanwhile, sees 20 carries after getting 29 all year prior to week eight. In a change-of-pace role, Naheem Hines also caught a pair of touchdowns. So Taylor has instead averaged 3.8 yards per carry. He's broken two tackles all year while totaling a troubling low 44% success rate. Colts head coach Frank Wright expressed a desire to keep all three running backs involved. So stay away from the trio in Week 9. Whiteouts I like this week is Terry McLaurin. 
So on one hand, you have to admire Terry for how well he's played with the level of quarterback play in Washington. On the other hand, you have to openly wonder if Kyle Allen is the best current quarterback in the NFC East. He's had double-digit targets in four games this year, including three of his last four. The matchup against the Giants is fine. It's not like he's going to against the Seahawks, but I'm counting on the top receiving option for a game that could be more entertaining than it has any right to be. My other guy I like this week is Stephon Diggs out of Buffalo. Diggs has suffered along with quarterback Josh Allen, who hasn't been the same since the first month of the season. But he rebounded from a season-worst 10.8 fantasy points to a respectable 15.2 points against the Patriots last week. Uh, Diggs should benefit the most going up against the Seahawks, who have allowed the most fantasy points to wide receivers this season. So let's go. Some wideouts were fading. Amari Cooper of the Dallas Cowboys. So once the Cowboys announced Cooper Rush was, was a possibility to start this week, I'm out. The offensive line has been bad, and Dak was the only thing holding it together. It's a shame because you can now throw on the Steelers. Well, most NFL quarterbacks could. I just can't take the risk this week. My other running uh, wide out I'm fading is Robbie Anderson. He has been a huge get for fantasy enthusiasts over the first half of the fantasy season, but he's trending down the past couple of weeks. He hasn't scored a touchdown since week one, and he has the Chiefs, who have allowed the fourth fewest fantasy points to receivers this year. All right, some tight ends I'm liking this week is Darren Waller out of uh, Vegas. Is Waller the second most reliable tight end in fantasy football right now? Because I kind of think that he is. What's important to me is that he's led the team with six targets. The game script in Cleveland called for a heavy dose of Josh Jacobs. This week, the Chargers have allowed the 10th most fantasy points to tight ends. Waller will be huge in this battle for L.A. That's right. It's still a huge population of Raider fans out here in L.A. Um, even though Vegas is kind of like a suburb away from L.A., uh, my other guy is Rob Gronkowski. So Gronk, he has hauled in a touchdown pass in three consecutive games. So he's back, baby. And sure, Antonio Brown joins the team and will likely get some of those targets coming his way. But Gronk has now cemented himself as a must-start player every week. The Saints have allowed the third most fantasy points to tight ends this season. So some tight ends to sit, guys, that I'm fading. Mike Gesicki is among the top. After getting held to a donut in Ryan Fitzpatrick's last start, Dikasiki settled for just eight yards in Tua Tagovailoa's debut. He sprouted some tantalizing upside on occasion, posting 130 yards and a touchdown in Week 2 and 91 yards in Week 5. Unfortunately, he's combined for just 68 yards on six catches in the other five games. The floor is too low to bank on him suddenly developing chemistry with this new quarterback. And then Jimmy Graham out of Chicago. I mentioned it previously, but Graham has been some costly. He's had some costly drops last week. I thought he was open in the end zone for a potential score, but Foles didn't see him. And if I'm being honest, I would love to see them start to work Cole Clement into the mix. You know, Darnell Mooney had his breakout game last week, and is now it's time for Clement to get into the action. So don't start. Don't you know? Don't hear me wrong. Don't start Clement. I'm not saying that. But an increased role for him could in mean inconsistency for Graham. Starts of the week. 
So we're going to kick it off with quarterback Justin Herbert. I don't like it because <laughs> he's playing against my team, but I like the matchup. So Herbert, at this rate, he might have already be he might be a set it and forget it starter. The rookie has offered at least 23 fantasy points in five of his six career starts, registering 303.3 passing yards and nearly three touchdowns per contest. Pat Mahomes, Russell Wilson, and Kyler Murray are the only active signal callers posting more fantasy points per game. Herbert gets another smash spot against the Raiders, who have relinquished the ninth most fantasy points to quarterbacks. My other quarterback star of the week is Josh Allen. So Allen was amazing during the first month of the season. You might even argue he was the best quarterback in fantasy during the past month. But the last few weeks have been brutal. Allen went from scoring 25 plus points in the first four weeks to not topping 17 points in the next four. But we're loving the matchup this week. The Bills offense is also starting to look more complete with guys getting healthy and a running game to support Allen. The only thing that concerns me is running back Zach Moss, who is stealing goal line looks from Allen. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, running backs that I like this week, start of the week, Chase Edmonds out of Arizona. So Drake's injury wasn't as serious as first feared, and he's day-to-day, according to Coach Cliff Kingsbury, but Edmonds had started to outperform him. And this is a good matchup against the Dolphins, who have allowed 20.9 fantasy points per game to running backs this year. My other guy I like is James Conner out of Pittsburgh. So James had exactly 15 fantasy points against the Ravens last week, the top defense against the run in fantasy football. And sometimes I wish he we would get bonus points for stuff like that. Connor has the Cowboys this week, and the matchup should be much easier considering the Cowboys have allowed the most rushing yards to running backs this season with 1,109 yards. And we're expecting the Steelers to be in control of this from the start and have a run-heavy script. Whiteouts I like this week, we're going to go with Antonio Brown of Tampa Bay. So he's back. The Patriots didn't have much time to work with Brown before he got into the game against the Dolphins last year, and Brady targeted him eight times on limited snaps. Those targets turned into four catches for 56 yards and a touchdown. Brown isn't someone who lost his talent, only his mind. We also don't know if he'll play a full-time role out of the gate, but I expect him to in such an important game. It definitely gives me confidence to know that the Saints have allowed more fantasy points per target at 2.26 to wide receivers than any other team in the league. And then my other wideout is Marquise Hollywood-Brown, the squeaky wheel. Coming into Week 8, he led the NFL in percentage of his team's air yards with 45.1%. How ridiculous is that? No player in the league has over 43% from last year. In fact, just five receivers were over 37%. They've now allowed eight top 36 wide receiver performances over the last three games. It wasn't like they had a great competition either, as they played the Lions, the Bengals, and the Browns. Consider him a back-end wide receiver three who has plus potential, but you simply just don't want to miss out when he and Jackson connect. Tight ends I like this week is tight end TJ Hawkinson. So Hawkinson is quietly inching into the top tier of tight ends or at least the 1A grouping behind Travis Kelsey. He's fourth in fantasy scoring, and the game lost one of its standard bears in George Kittle. Although he snapped a three-game touchdown streak last Sunday, he still caught seven of ten targets for 65 yards against the Colts defense that allowed just 3.2 fantasy points per 
per game to tight ends. That performance helps cement Hawkinson as a trustworthy tight end one, especially with Kenny Galladay sitting against Minnesota's 30th-ranked passing defense. And my other tight end is Noah Fant out of Denver. Fant has been far more fantastic of late, amazing um, 166 yards without a single touchdown since the start of Week 3, so don't lose hope here as he's still seen 43 targets in six games. Kelsey and Darren Waller are the only healthy tight ends getting more looks on a weekly basis. Furthermore, his end zone drought could end against the Falcons, who have forfeited an NFL high eight receiving touchdowns to the position. Well, that's going to wrap it up for today. The next show is Week 10 Waiver Wire Ads. I want to say thank you for listening to the show. Make sure to subscribe and whatever platform you're on, leave a rating and review. Also, don't forget to visit FantasyKnockout.com for all your fantasy football needs. All right. Till next time, see ya.